This morning we began a, a new series of messages from the book of Habakkuk. It's a hard word to say. He's a prophet in the Old Testament, and he begins to give his questions to God. And so you will see from this book a man who's speaking to God about questions that he has regarding what's happening in his life and what's happening in the world around him. And so it's a, a book of lament. Some translations have it's an oracle from the prophet Habakkuk, a lament from the prophet of, Labak, of Habakkuk. And so we have an opportunity today to address those. And let me just begin this series of messages by saying this. This book will cover a lot of questions and God will give answers. And they might not be the answers that you're looking for or I'm looking for. But God can handle your questions. Have you ever wondered why God didn't come f- through for you? Maybe you're in the middle of something right now and you've been before God and you're like, God, I've been asking you this for a long time and I'm living in such a way that I thought that you honor obedience and, and Lord, how come you haven't come through? Have you ever had those kind of questions? Have you ever questioned his plan or worse yet thought that your plan was better than his plan? Like God, let me show you what you need to do for me. Like, here's the best case scenario for me. And in case you're up there pondering and twirling your thumbs and wondering what to do with my life, here it is, God. God is fully in control of our lives. What are the things that caused you to question God? What is the question that you brought in today regarding a family, a relationship, or maybe a son or a daughter or a marriage or a work situation. Or maybe you're in the waiting process for a baby. Or maybe you, you want to be married. And, and those questions that are out there, what do you do with those? Is there a proper way to take those to God? Can we lament to him? Every single one of us have times in our lives that what I would say, we are in the middle of it. And we're processing and need to get through it to see God and that he is with us. Habakkuk, same way. The nation of Israel is in total disarray. People are no longer serving him as they should be. Political chaos. And so he throws these questions out to God in a form of a lament. Grab your Bibles. Let's go on this incredible journey of honest questions to God and turn to the book of Habakkuk. And if you need a Bible, hold your hand up. Ushers are coming down the aisles. They'll put one in your hand today. But let's read Habakkuk 1, verses 1 through 11. If you would stand with me as we read this, we'll read it out loud together. Habakkuk 1, verses 1 through 11. Let's read this out loud together. Ready, read. The prophecy that Habakkuk the prophet received. How long, Lord, must I call for help, but you do not listen? Or cry out to you, violence, but you do not save? Why do you make me look at injustice? Why do you tolerate wrongdoing? Destruction and violence are before me. There is strife and conflict abounds. Therefore the law is paralyzed and justice never prevails. The wicked him in the righteous so that justice is perverted. Look at the nations and watch and be utterly amazed. For I'm going to do something in your days that you would not believe even if you were told. I am raising up the Babylonians, that ruthless and impetuous people who sweep across the whole earth to seize dwellings not their own. They are feared and dreaded people. They are law to themselves and promote their own honor. 
Their horses are swifter than leopards, fiercer than wolves at dusk. Their cavalry gallops headlong. Their horsemen come from afar. They fly like an eagle, swooping to devour. They all come intent on imbalance. Their hordes advance like a desert wind and gather prisoners like sand. They mock kings and scoff at rulers. They laugh at the fortified cities by building earthland ramps that capture them. Then they sweep past like the wind and go on. Guilty people whose own strength is their God. You may have a seat. As you can see, if you look at your Bible and my Bible, mine's broken out and these were added later. Habakkuk's complaint or Habakkuk's questions. And then it says the Lord's answer to his complaint is in verse 5. Here's what I know about whatever you're facing or I'm facing or what we will go through. God desires to have honest conversations with his children. Don't we as parents, honestly, don't we want honest conversations? Like we look at our kids and we say, how are you really doing? Tell me the truth instead of just saying everything is fine. God desires to have honest conversations with his children. Habakkuk opens by lamenting with God. It's not a word that we use often, but if if you're not familiar, there's a whole book in the Old Testament called the Book of Lamentations. And you know what the Book of Lamentations is? It's chapter after chapter, verse after verse, of a man crying out in lamentations, lamenting to God. So God is able to receive them, and we're allowed to lament to God. And here we have the prophet lamenting. A lament is a passionate expression of grief and sorrow. So this book is a letter to God from the prophet Habakkuk. However, think about this. Normally a prophet speaks to his people from God. Yet this time his prophecy is him speaking to God about his people. God, they're messed up. God, how long will I sit here and you won't do something about injustice that I'm experiencing. You see, you are not necessarily ungodly by asking God these things. And always remember too, God is not shocked by us being emotional with him. We are emotional people. We have feelings. We experience things that cause us to feel. And we have to do something with those feelings that are inside of us. So here we go. Look, I mean, look at the prophet. He cries out. Look again at verse 2. He says, how long, Lord? Must I call for help? Ever been there? But you do not listen. And I would say, it appears that you do not listen. Or cry out to you, violence. But you do not save. It appears you haven't saved. Why do you make me look at injustice? Why do you tolerate wrongdoing? Destruction and violence are before me. There is strife and conflict abounds. It's his why and how long kind of questions. Why do you tolerate wrongdoing? The prophet is saying, like, God, do something about this. It's about time. I've lived with this too long. It's a horrible time in the world for God's people. And Habakkuk has sat in the waiting room way, way, way too long. We have similar laments in our lives. And if we're not careful, we let them rule our lives and start blaming God instead of casting our anxieties on him. There's a big difference between a lament and a complaint that's registered at God. I want you to think through this. We're supposed to cast our cares and concerns on God, not at God. It's us saying, God, my son, my daughter, Lord, 
I just, I'm grieving. I have this pain, and I don't know what to do with it. I just lost this precious person in my life, and Lord, this sickness just came upon me, and I can't handle another death. It's us talking with God. It's us and him in this intimate place. Maybe you're reading the word of God, and you're journaling your thoughts, and maybe it's you in the middle of a field. Maybe it's you when you run. Maybe it's your quiet time. For me, often, it's, I'll come in even this auditorium when no one's here, and the lights are out, and God, I'll just cry out to him and lamenting, say, God, do you hear me, God? Or it's me running as I'm running, crying out to God. It's this process of me and God taking my concerns, not at him and accusing him, but sharing what's bothering me, what's hurting, the pain that I feel. Maybe for you, it's something like this. Lord, I've been sick a long time. And it doesn't seem like you've rescued me from this sickness. Or we've been trying to have a baby for three years and... Lord, we've done everything, and, and God, I'm hurting, and I'm longing to have a child, and I don't know what to do with these feelings. It's us just lamenting with God, or I just can't seem to find the man or woman to be my husband or wife, and I long to be married, God, and there's no one on the horizon anywhere <laughs> like, God, do you see me, God? Do you feel my pain, my suffering? Or my daughter continues to run from God. My son wants nothing to do with Jesus. It's Lord, Lord. It's not us accusing and, 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 and crying out to the world. It's us crying to God, not the internet. Time with God. And that's what the prophet is doing here. And he's saying, how long and why aren't you doing something? It's not an accusatory tone either. It's Habakkuk in the middle of a mess, and it is emotionally spent crying out to God. God gives responses sometimes, but not necessarily the answers we are hoping for. You see, here's what else we do. We cry out to God if we're not careful. God, I need you to come through, and God, here's the plan. God, I've been waiting a long time. Her, God. We, we have a plan in mind. Like, we have it all figured out, don't we? Like, like, God, I've been begging for a job. Here it is, God, that one there. And we have it all figured out in our minds. And instead of just releasing it completely to him and trusting that he is in full control, we try to bargain with God in the process. So God answers. He hears, how long? Why aren't you doing something? Look how he answers. And sometimes the way he answers isn't what we want. But look what he says in verse 5. Here's the Lord's answer. Look at the nations, God says, and watch. And be utterly what? What's the word? Amazed. For I am going to do something in your days that you would not what? Believe. Even if you were told. Now, how many of us reading that would think it's going to be good, isn't it? God's going to do immeasurably more than all we've asked or imagined. Three, Ephesians 3.20. It's going to be good. I mean, God, I said her, but you got something really good. I can't wait for this answer. It appears that they're going to be utterly amazed. It appears like if God is fully in control, then the answer is going to be something that's way better than I've ever thought or imagined. If you stop right here in your mind, you would think 
that what comes out of God's mouth next would just be absolutely everything better than you've ever thought of. Look at his response. Here's how we're going to be amazed. Look at verse 6. He says, I am raising up the what? Babylonians, that ruthless and impetuous people who sweep across the whole earth to seize dwellings not their own. Now, let me give you a little history here. Babylonians weren't good people. (laughs) Now, the Babylonians were enemies of Israel. And they were the kind of people who were ruthless. And we're going to see. They they feared them. And so, picture Habakkuk. Oh, Lord, do something. How long is you allowing this injustice? And and here's my, fine, I got an answer, God says. You will be utterly amazed. And Habakkuk gets up and says, this is going to be good. I'm going to send the North Koreans to America. And they're going to march through the land. And they're going to destroy your families. They're going to take your houses. And they're going to take your cars. And they're going to rob your money. They're going to take everything that you own, that, that you understand as good. And I'm going to let them sweep through the country. There's your answer. Aren't you utterly amazed? And that's how he responded. And we think, we pull away. What's our response then? Wait a minute, God. That wasn't what I was praying about. That wasn't the plan that I had. But there comes a moment in our faith journey that we must fully trust that God is sovereignly in control of our lives. You see, if we refuse to fear the Lord, we will eventually be compelled to fear those less worthy of fear. And this country, this nation, weren't fearing the Lord. And so the response from God was, They were being paid back for the consequences of their sin. And they were going to have to fear someone less worthy of fear than God, the Babylonians. Look what he says. Here's what he says. He says, verse 7, they are feared and dreaded people. They are law to themselves. Their horses are swifter than leopards. Fiercer than wolves at dusk. Their cavalry gallops headlong. Their horsemen come from afar. They fly like eagles swooping to devour. Their hordes advance like a desert wind and gather prisoners like sand. They mock kings and scoff at rulers. They laugh at fortified cities by building earthen ramps. They capture them. So God is saying, listen, I have the answer. And it might not be the answer you want, but you've got to hold on in the midst of the mess because of knowing this. I am fully and completely in control, and you must trust me. He says they laugh at the armies or the fortified cities. Let me tell you about land during this time and position and power and homes. If your home was on a cleft or a mountain, the higher up that you got in your home, the further up that your house was. When we were in Iraq, the few times we would see some of these mountain regions. And the further up the dwellings were, the higher up, the more fortified that your places were. 
And these places were good places because they were safe. Because if the enemy tried to attack you, you had an advantage. You could see them coming and you could attack them climbing up. And it says that this group, the Babylonians, they laugh like, we're not afraid because we'll bring out the caterpillar bulldozers and we're going to move dirt and we're going to move and we're coming right up the mountain. And God says, that's who I'm sending. I'll take care of the injustices in the world. And so Habakkuk's pulling back, and now he's in the midst of this, and, and he's trying to figure all this out. And God says, not only that, they will do it rapidly. And I'm going to say, hit the brakes a second. Habakkuk thought God would act in a different way than this, and we must stop trying to negotiate with God and begin trusting in our God. It's all faith. Friends, hear me today. Faith is trusting God when you are not understanding God. Keep in mind here, too, what Habakkuk is doing. His lament is with God. It's not to the world. And so the whole world didn't know what was happening. He was in the middle on his knees crying out into God. I have sat in tree stands lamenting to God. I have been on my knees in my home, in my office, and in, the, in this auditorium. I have run on the trails of Benton, and I have written in my journal, and I have read his word, and God speaks to me. And the truth is this. He is in a place that will now require greater faith than he has ever needed before. Why? Because the answer that God gave him wasn't what he necessarily wanted. But you know why? Because of this. Faith is not getting what we want, but accepting what God gives. (laughs) I want you to process that for a second. We treat God like we do a pinata. We do, and here's what we do. God, I'm going to get what I want. Give me that. And we think if I just have enough faith and I hit it hard enough and I ask him enough, I'm going to get it. It's like God is a pinata. Just keep swinging. You're going to get what you want. And we treat him like a pinata. Like somehow that if we have enough faith, we're going to get what we want. And yet, son, we know the truth is this, is that Faith is not getting what we want, but accepting what God gives. You see, here's how it goes. And if you're honest, you would say this. There are times we respond this way. If I have enough faith, I will get what I want. You see, faith is not your way of getting God to do what you want. Faith says, I trust your plan, even though it's been too long for me personally. Faith is us aligning our wills with God's plan. It's getting in sync with God. I'm telling you, it's hard sometimes. When I was thinking about that this week, I was trying to think about this. You know when they try to tell you to hit your head and rub your stomach? Like, you ever try that? I can't do it. I would never be a good drummer. Like, Like, seriously, try to take your hand above your head and pat your stomach. Like, What's happening? It's, my brain is just blown. But sometimes then we think, I can't do that. Like, I'm not wired that way. And, it, and God's saying, yes, you can. Faith says, I'm going to align my will with God's plan. But no, God, it's too hard. 
Faith does not get frustrated at God, but bringing our frustrations to God. You see, we've got to be careful when we're lamenting. Because if we're not careful, Habakkuk is bringing it to God, by the way, and not to social media. Bringing it to the world will not bring healing, but bringing it to God will bring healing. And so he's not accusing God. God, you're a horrible God. God, God I don't understand. And if you were a good God, you would have done this. And the, No, it's saying, God, I'm frustrated in the middle of this. I just don't understand. And when I'm looking at my wife and the sickness that she has, and I just lost my husband, and, and my kid has just got cancer, and, and I've been a good son of yours and a good daughter, and, and I see other people married, and I'm not married, and, 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 and I've been faithful, and I've tithed, and I don't have a job, and, and God, I, don't, I feel pain, and, and God, I'm, I feel sorrow and grief from this, this, this relationship that's gone. And it's us just talking with, it's not saying, God, I am, you're not good. It's, it's not at God, it's with God. So we should take our frustrations to God and not at God. You see, faith knows the difference between hurt and harm. We have this wrong belief in our world, and here's how it goes. I should never hurt as a Christ follower. In fact, as soon as I get it, get rid of it, God, get rid of it, get, get rid of it. Just, I'm a Christ follower. I'm walking in victory all the time, and I, get rid of it. And the truth is this, is that God often lets us experience hurt and pain, not to harm us, but to help us grow. Our son-in-law, Johnny, is a doctor of physical therapy, and so he treats a lot of patients in Elkhart and Goshen. And so he'll have patients come to them who might have an injury, or they might have had a surgery. And so he'll give them exercises, and he's given us a few, and we've went to him. It's nice having your own physical therapist. <laughs> hey, what do I need to do instead of paying $400 at the doctor? <laughs> So Johnny's given us some plans. I, had a, I remember I had a shoulder that was sore. And it was hard to get my arm up. And I said, hey, Johnny, what, what should I do? And he said, hey, I'll send you some plans. So he sent them. And, and I was supposed to grab a whole side of a chair. And he had me down on the ground arching my back. And I'm telling you what, I hated it. Because it hurt. It hurt, man. It hurt. But when I was doing those, the pain was hurting me. But after doing them, you know what was happening? It was healing me. And sometimes God allows us to walk through the hurt, not to harm us, and he doesn't harm us, but for us to grow and get healthy in the process. And so God is looking at Habakkuk, and he's seeing all that's happening, and he's lamenting. He's saying, listen, it's going to hurt, but let me know. I want you to know, and I want the people of God to know, that you're in the middle of this mess, but in your lamenting, and you're asking for help, I want you to know that I'm here I hear you, and yes, I'm fully in control, and you might not fully understand, but trust me, trust me, trust me. You see, sometimes we experience a little bit of pain so that we can see the consequences of sin, too. God doesn't discipline those he doesn't love. He disciplines those he does love. And every good parent disciplines their children. Like, we don't discipline our kids because we want to harm them. 
or take things away from them. We discipline because we're good parents so that they understand the consequences of sin, not to harm them, but to help them grow. You see, faith is the substance that helps us to hold on in the bad times so that we can make it to the good times. There will always be middle times in your life. Habakkuk is in the middle of one. This week as I was processing this message and I was thinking about life and eternity and all that you and I walk through and, and I was thinking about life. If you were to take our lives and this rope represented our lives, this rope would continue on and 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 on. It would have no end to it. But we had a beginning. And so if we were to look, and I was thinking, you know what, Jim, if you just think about what you're facing right now and what you're lamenting before God, that thing that's in your life right now, think about your life even, 70, 80 90, 100 years, 60 years. If, if we just focus on this and we wonder, man, this is so hard, I don't know if I can make it. There will be a time in our lives, if we have a heavenly perspective, when we do pass and when we do meet our God and we spend eternity to him, that after year after year, 10,000 years, another 10,000, 100,000 years, a million years, a million million years, a billion billion years, a zillion zillion, I don't know what's next, but keep going just all those years at some point way way down the road way down the road in eternity you know what will happen we'll look back way 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 back to right now and we'll say this that little part in our lives wasn't as significant as I really thought it was (laughs) And if I've only trusted God to know that what he has in store for me is so much better than this, then I will trust him. Amen? You see, it's when we get alone in his word and journal and take runs and walk by ourselves and cry out to him. Lamenting is our way of processing the emotional hurt and pain. David did it all the time in the Psalms. If you read the Psalms, you know what he did? Majority of his Psalms were laments. But here, who was he talking to? He was talking to God. Hear me out. The world will not bring you healing. God will bring you healing. The internet will not bring you healing. God will bring you healing. And when you spend time with him, That's when he takes that grief and that sorrow and that pain that you have, that you're wrestling with, and your questions with God. You're not accusing, you're saying, God, I need help. God, help take this pain that I'm feeling. Do something with this. It's when you talk to God and meet God in the quiet places, that's where the healing takes place. And that's what the prophet is doing here. And by the way, time does not heal all wounds. That's a lie. Time with God heals all wounds. Time heals nothing. Only God heals. Why? Because God is the great physician. Lamenting is real emotional pain that grieves our heart. 
Yesterday I spoke to a, a gentleman that had lost his father this week, and, and so I felt a tug at my heart to just call him, and, and so I made the call to his phone, and he picked it up, and I was talking to this brother, and I said, hey, this is Jim, Pastor Jim, and it was quiet on the other side. He had just left the funeral home to, to pick out his dad's casket. And that's when I said, hey, I just want to let you know that I've been there, bro. <laughs> and it's hard. I want you to know that I care, and I'm sorry, and I love you, and God will meet you in the middle of your mess. And the other end, he could hardly talk, and I prayed with him, and, and I saw him this morning, and he said these words. He says, Jim, man, you met me right in the middle of this mess. He said, and it pointed me to God. He said, it was in my grief and my sorrow when I took it to him. God brought me healing. You see, lamenting is real emotional pain that grieves our hearts. One person said it this way that I read this week. It feels like my soul has a migraine. Too many of us want to stop feeling the pain so that we can stop hurting. But if you stop feeling, then you stop loving. <laughs> Some turned alcohol to numb the pain. I don't like this pain. I don't like this grieving. I don't, God, get rid of this pain. It hurts, God. They did this to me, and, and I don't know if I can handle it anymore. And then, God, do something to them, and they shouldn't have done that to me. And how come he doesn't love me? And, and how come she doesn't love me? And how come and, and how come they got that and I got this? And it's just pain. And, and if we don't do something with this pain, if we don't give it to God and we say, God, I need you in the middle of this mess, you know what we do? We turn to other things and we start drinking alcohol or a little wine at night because that helps us to temper the, the, the pain. Or we, we take drugs or we smoke drugs or we eat and we eat to, to numb the pain. And, or we got a variety of things that we do. All those things won't bring healing. Only God can. You see, if you don't process your pain like Habakkuk is here, then you'll just drag it into the future with you. It happens in relationships. Here's what happens. We get married. It falls apart. And we think, if I could just find someone else, everything will be better. And we never dealt with the sin, our own sin. We never dealt with the pain, our own pain. We never dealt with the wrongs that we did. We never had enough God time. And so you know what we do? We look, wow, she'll be better. I know if I meet her, things will be better. So we take us, the same us, into the next relationship. And it's good for a year. Oh, it's so good. That honeymoon year, like they can do nothing wrong. Just like it was back here in the first relationship. We never address the, 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 the harm or the pain or, or the issues or the sin. We just move on to the next and try to just, we numb it. We're numbing it. We numb it with someone else. So we jump in another relationship, and that person becomes our Novocaine. But then after about a year, you know what happens? The same you surfaces because you never really fixed you with God. And you end up in the same place here that you were over here. And God says, the only way that you'll ever be fixed is with me. Amen? With me. Nothing more but me. 
At some point, you must just believe that God has a perfect plan for your life in the midst of the pain and the grief and the sorrow that you're feeling regarding your son, your daughter. Speak to God. Take it to God. Let him deal with it. Faith is key in our healing process. It's us believing that God's plan is best, even, hear me out, when we don't understand it. Otherwise, you will never move forward. You'll just keep dragging your pain into the future, and the best version of yourself will never surface, and everyone else will suffer because of you. As I was processing and looking this week, I came across some really good stuff on lamenting. And Here's some thoughts on lamenting. When I lament, I allow myself to feel. That's part of the grieving process. Dudes, we're not really good at that. You know what we like to do? Someone asks, how you doing? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Everything fine. Fine, fine, fine. Push down, push down, push down, push down. You know what happens? We keep pushing stuff down, pushing it down, suppressing it. I'm fine. I don't hurt. Men don't hurt. Don't feel. I'm God. Keep pushing it down. Can't push it any further. Push, push. I don't have any room left. Keep pushing. Push, push, push. I said push. How you doing? I'm doing good. And you know what happens? An explosion takes place. Anger, frustration, depression, darkness. You see guys are just like this. They sit in church like this. They don't even smile because they haven't dealt with the, the severity of the pain and the suffering. They're still accusing God and accusing her and accusing them and everyone else fought and they haven't properly dealt with the grieving and sin in their own lives. They're just dead, numb. You see, if we don't deal with it, we keep suppressing it, we'll never be able to feel. When I lament, I process pain. Hear me out. It's okay to go to God and say, God, I hurt over this. God, I don't understand this, God. Why did they say that, God? And you're going to have to help me through this because where I'm at right now is not a good place, and I don't want to stay here, God. I need help. That's lamenting. That's what we do when we lament. When I lament, I grieve my involvement and shed the victim mindset. Please hear me on this. This is so critical. A victim mindset continues to bring attention to themselves. Look at me and how hard it is for me. I got to tell the world how difficult it is. We keep bringing attention to us. We keep bringing attention. The best way we know how, we tell the whole world, look what I've been through. Look, look, come on, pity. Give me pity. Look, it's been hard. And we just keep bringing it up and bringing it up and bringing it up instead of casting our cares on God. That's where you find healing. Listen to me, please. The internet will never heal you. God will. A victim mindset says, I need to be the priority right now in my life and in your life. You need to know that I hurt. You need to know that I'm important. You need to know that my life is more important than your life. And I need to know, I needed to hear from you. I need to continue to hear from you. I need to, I need to know from you that you think that my problems are worse than your problems. That's a victim. Listen, 
You won't find healing staying in the victim mode. When I lament, I don't lash out in vengeance at others. I don't go postal on others and remain angry because I don't get attention from someone. You see, we should not let other people's wrongs done to us cause us to lose our way. We hand them and cast them on to God. When I lament, I emphasize, empathize with others. And when we don't, you know what happens? We often become selfish and forget about others hurting too. But I love when I see it unpack. Like 2 Corinthians 1. You know what 2 Corinthians 1 is? 2 Corinthians 1 is this picture like you walk through something difficult. You've handed it off to God. This hard, challenging, this grieving process in your life. He's brought healing to you. And and now someone else walks through it. You know what happens? Because you've received the healing from him. Now someone else goes through it. You know what happens? You can reach out to them. You empathize. I saw this happen Friday night. We were gathered together, and we had the the leaders, the ministry fight club leaders together, and we were having a meeting before our midnight meeting. And so we're going around, and and I was asking guys, tell us your name if you're married and if you're single, if you have kids. And and so guys were going around, and we got to this man down here, and he was over in the corner of the the warming shed down at the lodge. and, And he said, hey, this is my name, and I've been married for, I think, six or seven years. And he said, my wife and I, we don't have kids right now. We've been trying for three and a half years. And it was like, boom. I remember a time in our life when Ann and I were trying to have a baby. It was, the first couple years were hard, and we wondered if we were going to have kids. <laughs> and I was thinking, I remember going to my pastor and, and asking him to pray, and we prayed together, and we took it to God. And I kid you not, two weeks later, we, we conceived. And, and, and so, and I shared that, and then I said, hey, let's, let's pray, let's pray. Let's pray for this guy. And immediately, I mean, before anyone could bow it, boom, this guy over here prayed. And you know who it was? It was the guy that's been in my office many times, and I love him, I love his wife, and they're trying to have a baby. And he prayed out to God, why? Because he empathized with him. And you know what else? He found his comfort and his healing in his laments with God, and God had brought him healing to the point where he was able to care for someone else. You see, when I lament, I feel hope for the future too. When I lament to God, I understand that, guess what? These 70 or 80 years are nothing compared to an eternity with an all-powerful, all-knowing God in a place called heaven with no sin, no sickness, no enemy, no devil, no, no frustrations, forever and ever and ever, perfect in every way, forever and ever and ever and ever. That's what we have to look forward to. When I lament, I escape anger and depression. Sometimes you got to ask yourself this question, why am I so angry? Why can't I have a conversation with my husband right now? Why can't I have a conversation with my wife? Why am so, why am so, I am so angry with my coach? Why am I so angry with my mom and my dad? Why am I so angry with people? Why am I so angry? 
I guarantee you there's something underneath that you have not dealt with properly. Maybe it's a hurt or pain. Listen to me. Get back on your knees. Cry out to God and say, God, I don't want to be angry. I know there's something inside of me that's causing this. God, expose that thing that I have suppressed. God, take that thing that I keep pushing down. Bring it to the light. And God, I give it to you. That's my lament to you, God. I want healing. I can't stay in this state any longer. Habakkuk didn't get the answer he hoped for. <laughs> His answer, God said, I hear you, Habakkuk, I hear you. I'll bring the Babylonians over tomorrow. Grab your bags and run. <laughs> he didn't get the answer he hoped for to find healing in the process. But God can handle your questions it will require great faith in him and his plan for you to get your healing might look different than your plan, but hear me out, you can trust him. So here we are in the middle of this. There's tension, isn't there? (laughs) So where do you take your tension? God, this isn't the script I had. (laughs) God, I wanted you to do something to them. (laughs) God, this is my plan that I wrote down 50 times. Didn't you read it? God, that's the job I wanted. And God, why aren't my daughters and sons living the way I want them to right now? Listen. Listen. When you're in the middle of it, and all of us will be in the middle of it, faith believes that our God has a good plan, and he will work it out for good, even when we're in the middle of it. Oh, Lord, help us today. Every one of us finds ourselves at some point or another in the middle of it. I pray, God, that we wouldn't turn you into a pinata. I pray, God, that we wouldn't begin negotiating with you. I pray, God, that you would help our unbelief. And I also pray, God, this, that we would take our anxieties and our concerns to you and not the world. Then and only then will we find healing. God, I pray over this precious group of believers today. I know many stories where they're in the middle of it. I pray, God, that you would meet them in the mess. And I pray that their faith would surface even when they don't understand. And they would trust you. In Jesus' name, amen.